hinges creak in doorless chambers. Where strange and frightening sounds echo through the halls. This is the Theme Park Loopy Podcast. Hey everyone, and welcome to the Theme Park Clubby Podcast. And today I'm joined by ex-Disney cast member, Lord of the Dance, current blogger, Costa Sam. How are you doing, Sam? <laughs> Hi, Ryan. Um, I wouldn't quite say Lord of the Dance. I'd maybe sort of say Lord of the Awkward Shuffle. But there we go. You know, we try and learn every time, don't we? That's it. And we're also joined by special guest, Brett, who is a scare maze baron, as he's been telling us, and also a graphic design expert, I guess you could say. I've been looking at Brett's graphic designs. He's been designing t-shirts and posters and all sorts of things, as well as designing scare mazes. So how are you doing, Brett? I'm really good, thank you. I'm, uh, I'm, I'm sad that I also wasn't Put as Lord of the Dance, though, so I'm going to have to get Sam to teach me a couple of moves. I think, yeah. uh, I think my my shuffle's a little bit more awkward. Brilliant. Yeah, I'm, <laughs> I, I, mean, I don't know about that. I really don't know about that. <laughs> I'll, have to, I'll have to get. I'm going to have to get this on video. We're going to have to have a bit of a competition. Who can do the most awkward dance? Let, let's see what happens. That sounds like a new podcast, right there. Yeah. <laughs> so, uh, so the topic today, we hot off the press. The parks are opening on the 4th of July, or at least most of the parts are opening on 4th of July, some a little bit later. Um, and we're also going to talk about Halloween, and we're going to pose the question, is Halloween cancelled? Because we've seen in the States, over in Florida, that Mickey's Not-So-Scary Halloween Party, which I guess is the biggest, or, or one of the biggest, I suppose, Halloween events out there in Orlando that has been cancelled. We haven't seen much in the UK yet. We have seen some smaller um, attractions and events that have already been cancelled, but we're not sure yet. So we've got Brett on to talk to us about what's happening and we're going to kind of come to a conclusion on whether we think Halloween's been cancelled or not. Fingers crossed it hasn't been cancelled, uh, but we're going to talk that's true. So, hot off the press, parks are opening from the 4th of July. We've definitely got Alton Towers, Chessington... Pleasure Beach and a number of others that will be opening. So, what do you think about that news, guys? Are you happy about it? Oh, yeah, I'm. I'm super happy about it. Actually, I've been really wanting to um, uh, to get to a park recently. I actually haven't gone to that many parks in the last few years, um, and now all of a sudden, I've kind of really gotten back into the whole theme park enthusiast kind of mindset, and I can't go anywhere. So, yeah, I'm really excited. I think it will almost be a bit of a, a slight religious experience for a lot of, you know, theme park goers and, and coaster fans because it's never really happened before that we've had such an elongated, obviously due to due to mis, mis circumstances or whatever, but we've never had such an elongated closed season. You know, it usually lasts maybe three, four months at the most. But, I mean, this has now gone on for, for ages. So I think everyone's going to be dying to get through those gates. And uh, and believe me, I mean, I know from 
uh, my own experience about how I feel when I come off the end of uh, of, of close season now more than ever, especially on the on the weekend of the fourth and fifth. Uh, getting on the back of uh, of, of Wicker Man is going to be uh, uh, well, uh, probably quite emotional. I think, which is going to be weird to be there while everyone's screaming and you're sort of crying, thinking, "Thank goodness I'm back." <laughs> yeah, I was. I think we were saying before that um, we've already had the start of the season at Blackpool Pleasure Beach, and everyone was in the velvet coaster, really excited to the start of the season, and then it never really happened. And I, I mean, we all went to Pleasure Beach and a couple of other places, and then. We were anticipating Alton Towers opening, and then it just we just never quite got there, did we? So it's going to feel like a bit weird because we we're starting the season in the middle of summer. Um, so I don't know. It's going to be really strange, I guess. Um, I I've been saying that I would prefer that people have a think about the smaller parks to begin with. So I know everyone's going to be really keen to go to Fort Park or to go to Alton Towers for example but maybe have a think about is there a local park you know like Lightwater Valley that we've, we've spoken about or you know somewhere like Fantasy Island uh, Pleasure Beach Great Yarmouth and places like this have a think about can I go to one of those parks and if if obviously if you want to go to Alton Towers first because you really want to get there then great but maybe the next trip you know, can I get to my local park? Can I get to a small family-run park? So I'd I'd really suggest that people really have a think about that as well and really kind of factor that in because the smaller family parks really need your support right now, I can tell you that. Um, so make sure you do give them your support. I, I think it's interesting. You know, I was just having a look at Drayton Manor and they, they seem to have 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 got this kind of staggered opening going on where they're opening uh, thomas land i believe is it from the fourth and then i think it's on the 17th or between the fourth to the 17th or the fourth to the 16th um don't sort of quote me from brian or whatever but um yeah it's it's sort of around those around those uh times but then they're going to be in the later part of july maybe once the initial rush has kind of uh, ended, they're going to be opening up the rest of the theme park. And I think that's quite interesting because we are that's the first park that I've actually seen doing that, doing like a kind of staggered opening across July. Yeah, and um, I, guess, I guess it makes a lot of sense, doesn't it, to, to do that for a small park because they might need a bit more time to be able to prepare and be confident that they can make the park safe for everyone. Um, so it, maybe it makes sense for them to try and get customers in as quickly as possible. And even if it means opening on a smaller scale and then opening on a larger scale later on, I think, I think a couple of other parks are doing similar things to that. Uh, but yeah, it's interesting that Drayton Manor have chosen to do it because they're probably considered one of the bigger parks, I guess. So. I think one thing I found really interesting is that Blackpool have actually extended their season already through to January. Uh, or like late December, as far as I know. Uh, um, December, yeah, December the thirteenth. Uh, the the season has been extended to the illuminations have been extended to January, um, but for whatever reason they've chosen not to extend the park season that that long. So they're going to December the thirteenth at the moment, by the looks of it. I still think that we might see that a little bit more in some parks. Um, especially the smaller parks thinking about it you know where maybe maintenance actually is is less needed because there's less rides um, we might also see uh, maybe staggered openings throughout winter potentially 
Um, maybe they close two or three rides while they spend a month doing their maintenance on them and then rotating the rides throughout winter. Maybe we actually will see an extended season because of this. We don't know yet. But from what I've seen from Blackpool, it's potential. Yeah, I mean, we see we see rides operate in quite cold weather in places like Germany, don't we? In the Netherlands. Um, so I don't know if cold... I, I always assumed in the past that the reason why the parks are often, you know, generally closed in deep winter, definitely, in the UK is due to the cold, which is probably the case with a lot of rides due to probably the grease and things like that. But I do wonder if a lot of these kind of more modern rides can actually operate in much lower temperatures. Um, the, the I'd imagine the rides, after they've had the major maintenance, can only operate for a period of time before they have to then have major maintenance again. But I guess because they haven't been open up until now, potentially that life is now a little bit longer, if that's the case. So I guess there's a number of variables at play, I guess. If the rides can operate at low temperature, or if most of them can, uh, then potentially, yeah, they could extend the season. It'd be great to see Alton Towers be able to go into December, for example. Um, so, yeah, we'll have to see. Well, and I, I think also, you know, could that then, Ryan, if we're seeing rides open up through until December or parks, you know, as Blackpool have done, could that then pose the question that we were talking about on, on our last episode of could we see UK parks look into the idea of going and turning into um, 365 parks and having year-round operation because is December really that different than January or February and if we can operate in the depths of December then then surely we can make some coasters you know last um, until that point and then just have kind of ride downtime throughout the year and like like a lot of the other parks that operate 365 do you know could that be an option I definitely think that, that if I remember right, didn't didn't Alton Towers, for instance, have February half term, um, and even if I remember right, a week in December where they used to open the main coasters. Yeah, yeah, they definitely had uh, an event that they used to do. Um, I, I remember around about two thousand and eleven, around that kind of time, they used to open Mutiny Bay, didn't they? Um, minus the water ride and maybe a couple of other rides, and then they, didn't they have like a kind of Santa's grotto or something like that at Christmas? And then at February half term, they had maybe Spinball Wizard and a couple of other rides open. I don't think I don't know if Nemesis was ever open at that time, but they had a few rides open, didn't they? I do. I'm sure I remember there being some kind of um winter coaster week of some sort where they had the likes of Oblivion and Nemesis open. Yeah, um, I'm sure I recall it somewhere. Yeah, I think that. Mm, yeah, I think the. I think you're right. I'm just trying to sort of rack my. Brain. I'll have to double check that one, but I, I, I'm sure I went sometime, and it, they had a kind of. I can't remember the exact name of the event now, but there was a week in December where a week or two, um, and I do remember Nemesis being closed at one point because there was a huge chunk of ice on the track. So I guess that's you know that's <laughs> another downside to it. I guess Alton Towers have already had... They did have a services day, didn't they? Um, and was that at the beginning of March? So they have already technically been open uh, for people this season, uh, but only very briefly. Um, so generally speaking, obviously this news has been really well received. People are really happy about it. Um, only positive things to say so far. However, 
Fantasy Island have just announced that they're opening from uh, July, from the 4th of July. They've gone for a bit more of an interesting model. So what they've done is they've split the days in half and, and split them into ride times. So you have session one, which is between 11am to 3pm. And then session two, which is 5pm to 9pm. And then on Saturdays, it looks like they have a third session, which is then 8pm to 11pm. Now, it looks like the prices for those sessions, which are only four hours, would be £25. And that's probably what you'd pay uh, online for Pleasure Reach, I think, at the moment. Uh, So obviously that's not been that well received at the moment on their facebook page they've got 24 frowny faces uh, they've got three laughy faces and two sad faces so looks like people are kind of split on this where they're happy for obviously fantasy island to open but it, it's quite a bit fantasy island is a bit of a trip i mean it's out it's skegness it's not a massively populated area so people are gonna travel to go there i mean would you travel you know that that far for four hours. You know it's well, it's a bit of a question. It, it it poses also the idea of well, well, is four hours enough to get the main rides in and get the main attractions in that I want to? And what about the lines and queues that could be there that could be waiting for me? And then, um, twenty five quid for for four hours. You're, you're right. You're you're almost matching prices of of that of bigger parks which are offering you know full day you know, full sort of eight, nine, whatever, how many hours a day. So that is a that is a strange model. And then is there going to be a buffer period between each four hour time slot where they have to allow for people to exit the park and people come in and they're going to have to have sort of security guards sweeping the park? I mean, it looks like they've got a two hour gap between the sessions. Um, but the, the biggest problem is that what people are pointing out with Fantasy Island is that because of where it is in Skegness, um, it can get quite windy, and Jubilee Odyssey, or Odyssey as it's now just known, is is very well known for not operating uh, when it's windy, uh, even more than the big one. Um, and same similar with Millennium, but but less so. So there is a chance that you know you could pay twenty five pounds, go for four hours in the morning. You might not get to go on the biggest coaster there, you know. So that's that's a bit of a chance that you're taking, I think. I'm I'm actually really shocked by that. I I had no idea um, until you just said, and I don't. I I do see where they're coming from. Um, I understand that the the slot of time would mean that they can allow, um, you know, they can spread essentially full capacity throughout the whole day, um, into different time slots. So it is allowing the actual company that own it to to sell more tickets throughout the day. But in terms of like you said, in terms of uh, enjoying yourself for maybe four hours of the day for I mean maybe not even to get all the rides in and there's not many rides there to be fair um, the one thing I wasn't sure about though is that the park is actually free to walk around um, there's already a market that's already open underneath all of the rides so um, does that mean that that like Sam mentioned is there going to be a period where they clear it out but then they can't clear it out because Surely there's going to be people there anyway. Yeah, no, that's an interesting question. I don't know how they're going to manage that uh, at all. I mean, they have 
I mean, I don't really know the different types of wristbands. They have an adventurer wristband, which is £18. I presume that's for, you know, for a limited selection of rides. And then they have a discovery wristband, which is £25. They have a little explorer's wristband, and that's free. So I presume that's for the kids' kiddie rides. But um, I, f- I think what they're thinking, to be fair to them, is that um, there's obviously a massive caravan um center there isn't there a lot of people go there to go to their caravan so maybe they're thinking do you know what a lot of the people are coming on holiday to Skegness they're probably not going to spend all day in the park anyway so maybe it makes sense to do this um I'm not sure about the price point I think 25 pounds feels a little bit too much for me um when you consider that's that's pretty much what you're paying to go to Pleasure Beach and you're going all day and you know, arguably, Pleasure Beach may have a more diverse uh, ride lineup. So, big fan of Fantasy Island. Definitely got a soft spot for Fantasy Island, but I'm not sure they've got it right with this one. I think they might have to. I mean, it's probably too late to to rethink it now. But I'm going to be interested to see how it goes. You know, I want to see. You know, if it's full every day and they're making the money that they need to make, then great. But you know, the guest experience has to be number one as well because end of the day, you know, if someone goes to Fancy Island for the first time and they feel like they're getting rushed and they feel like they're not getting value for the £25, then potentially they're less likely to go again. And surely the goal is to, you know, capture that audience and get them coming back. So they need to be really careful about, about this approach, I think. Also, I mean, I've never really been to a theme park where I've felt under time pressure um I, I mean i've always sort of been where i've kind of had things to do when you've only obviously got the a certain amount of hours in the day you know your park opening hours but i've never been where it's like almost like a leisure center or, or swim time or, or whatever where you have a certain allotted short few hours god I'd, I'd feel personally i would feel really stressed and like anxious that i need to kind of get on everything and it just, I mean, it begs the question, does that take the kind of enjoyment and pleasure out of it if you're just constantly feeling like you have to go, go, go all day? Yeah, yeah, definitely. I mean, it's bad enough that Alton Towers is basically, you know, half past ten to, you know, four o'clock now. Uh, I mean, that feels like a rush. Um, so, you know, for, for me, it'd be, for us, it's probably a couple of hours drive, um, you know, to drive a couple of hours to go there for four hours, it doesn't make a lot of sense to me, really. Um, so, whereas I probably would have gone, um, I'm now probably not going to go um, under those circumstances, I think, um, because you just you just can't be sure that you're going to get on everything and... It, it doesn't it doesn't make a lot of sense to me to do it at the moment but you know we'll see what happens and, and hopefully uh, we'll go there later in the year when you can go for the whole day um, so yeah so that's so that's a shame so I don't know so let's see what happens we might be wrong they might be right but I, I feel when I saw this I thought this doesn't feel right to me um, but you know Fantasy Island might be in a position where you know, they need to make some money as quickly as they can. And maybe this is the way of doing it. Um, and perhaps have surveyed, you know, their guests. And this makes sense for the specific guests, you know, because they're on holiday. Maybe they're not going to be in the park all day. Maybe it makes sense for this type of guest. So, well, I guess we'll see, won't we? So, uh, moving on then, uh, apart from that, 
let's ask the question then. Is Halloween cancelled? That's the big question because we've seen over in the USA that Mickey's Not So Scary Halloween uh, has been cancelled. That has been cancelled now. But Disney World are coming under an awful lot of criticism at the moment. They've cancelled they've cancelled all their kind of special parties. They're now in a position where people have paid thousands of pounds to go and stay in a resort and they're not guaranteed to even get in the parks now. I think yesterday the booking opened uh, to be able to visit the parks and you know some people are in positions where they've not been able to get tickets to go into the parks so that's going to be interesting uh so i don't know if disney world have kind of overreacted a little bit but i guess you know florida is a lot different to the uk but we have seen a lot of events get cancelled in the uk already and we haven't heard a lot about Scarefest. a lot of people asking questions about that although uh sean from theme park worldwide did hear the music uh being played i think from the is it the attic uh, the attraction that's in the towers now. Brett? Yeah, I think it was the attic that that was heard recently, and potentially Subterra's uh, sound was was heard from the uh, the towers. Yeah, so so that's potentially good news. So so Brett, so you're you know you're heavily involved in the scare sector. Uh, you run a business called Fear and Sons. You design scare attractions. You're already designing attractions for the Halloween period what's your feeling like what what are people talking about at the moment how what do you feel like halloween is going to get cancelled in terms of the the uk halloween industry i i don't i don't see it being a a, a complete wipeout um or even in america for that sake i i do think that that um like you said disney might just be going that little bit further uh, making sure that disney has hundreds of thousands of people there across the whole resort um they have to think a lot further um i think what will be really interesting to find out um is whether universal studios go ahead with halloween horror nights which actually is the world's biggest halloween event um i think that'll be the big teller for as to what's going to happen um in the uk i i've just checked uh their their, their site and at the moment um, Halloween Horror Nights is scheduled for the 10th of September to the 1st of November. There's no sign at the moment of um, any kind of changes to that or uh, anything that, that says that it's not going to go ahead. I mean, it seems here you can buy tickets for it. You can do vacation packages um, and uh, you can even sign up for, for all your updates and announcements and stuff. So for the time being, it looks it looks pretty good on that front. I think Universal were were probably at the forefront of opening up anything. They opened uh, up parts of, of Universal before anyone else even thought of opening things. So um, I do think they're well ahead of things. I have read a couple of their um, questionnaires and information bits that they put out um, to guests uh, as to how they would maybe uh, socially distance people during Halloween Horror Nights, um, which would mean cancellation of uh, shows and potentially... Um, having to social distance queues and and the only issue then would be the fact that the way that they run their attractions is you're technically queuing through the attraction as well so you'd have to keep social distancing inside which would be very hard and throughput would definitely uh, suffer at Universal for things like that. Yeah Brett talk me so so when I'm I've not done uh, Halloween Horror Nights but to me, it looks like basically it's it's a long conga line through the attraction is is what I see. 
So yeah, that's one thing. How do you how do you do that conga line? <laughs> if if you've got to be a, you know a meter apart or even half a meter apart, I mean you could do it with ropes and things like that maybe. Um, but obviously some of the actors do kind of come out, don't they, from the side and they'll kind of make a snarling noise or something. That's probably one of the most concerning things because you don't want people being able to come into that close contact with people really but if you kind of bring those if you take those actors away and put them in you know more you know the background then the attraction isn't as fun or as scary as it could have been before so how how can they tackle that how can they make the attraction still scary but take away that kind of close proximity that you would have got before the good thing with the american Halloween industry or haunt industry, as they call it over there, is that that there's a huge use of animatronics and special effects. That doesn't happen so much over here. Um, we're very much more theatrical over here in our in the way that we do things in our storytelling, and we we definitely prefer uh, a, an actual live actor in a lot of cases. Um, Universal, the actors generally don't even say anything. They all have um, uh, buttons and triggers and things like that which uh, which tend to activate those things. So I do think that we'll see, uh, similar to what other haunts have, have proposed in America, and they've actually designed PPE masks um, that, that are integrated into the costumes and stuff like that. So it's potential we might see more masks uh, just as cover for PPE uh, for actors and things like that. Um, I think that's probably what we'll see that and maybe just more distancing and then also the, uh, maybe a higher use of special effects and animatronics if it was to go ahead. Do you think they'll be able to have the the same number? Because I, I, I can't remember how many there is at Halloween Horror Nights, but there's an awful lot of mazes, isn't there, um, at Halloween Horror Nights. Do you think we'd have to reduce the number down in order to uh, you know have less of a crowd? So do you think... They're gonna to have to potentially instead of having you know twelve mazes have six mazes for example. Do you think are we gonna to have to reduce capacity like that, or do you think we'll have the same number of attractions but with much less people? Like which kind of direction do you think we're gonna to have to go down? I think they'll probably keep what they've got. The thing is with Universal Studios is their set design is so massive and they spend so much money on it that they're probably already eighty percent finished. Uh, they build these things throughout the year, so the likelihood that they would not open them seems. Seem, I don't. I'm not too sure about that, but I do think, like we have seen across all theme parks and and attractions or anywhere that's opened recently, is that what they will do is they'll just half their capacity or or more or less whatever it is. Um, Brett, I was going to ask. You know, you you run your own uh, attraction um, from what from what we've said and what we've spoken about before. Um, how do you think COVID or, or is COVID gonna, gonna affect your attraction in, in any way? Yeah, it's a, it's a weird one. And I think this is a conversation everyone's having at the minute, especially in the UK kind of scare industry um, and even theme parks are having this same, this same conversation about Halloween events is, is, at what point do we do we know for sure whether we can say open as normal like we did last year um, or do we open with a few restrictions, you know, give some hand sanitizer out um, or do, do we have to go full on 
not an actor can't go two meters to someone, things like that. And it's uh, being in uh, our attraction, Terra Mountain, um, is is in Wales, um, and Wales actually has stricter lockdown restrictions than it does in England and other places at the minute. So we're actually even more confused over in Wales as to to what we're going to really be doing. But what our first conversation when lockdown kind of officially happened. Um, we all had a meeting and, and basically discussed two or three different versions of how a Halloween event could run. Um, so at the minute, uh, our attraction, Terra Mountain, is five different attractions. Um, it's a free kind of roam site, similar to a theme park, where you go around, you get in your queue, you you do the attraction, you come out the other end, you enjoy it, you do whatever. Um, unlike other kind of screen parks and stuff, the uh, Terra Mountain actually gives you the option to go around the attractions as many times as you like. A lot of places will just um, give you just one go at everything and then that's it. You can watch the food, or you can watch a show or have some food, go home, whatever. Um, so one of the things we did wonder was maybe that is something we could look at um, only allowing people through once. And then there's a thing called daisy chaining the park. Um and it's known as a multi-part event rather than a screen park. Um, that basically means that you go through one attraction, you follow a path up to the second attraction, third and so on, until you eventually come out the end, you get in your car and go home. Uh, the likes of Scare Kingdom in Preston uh, does this, and there's a few others around. Um, and it does work. It's a, it's a successful way of getting throughput and making sure that everything runs like clockwork. Um, it's not really the route we want to go down, but it is something we'll have to consider nearer the time if so if so many restrictions still carry on through to October, that's for sure. Do you know what they'll definitely not be able to do? Um, and I don't know if we do this in the UK, but I've seen them do it in the States where they will offer uh, VIP passes to particular people. You can pay a little bit extra. And then you find these kind of secret bars, you know, in the attraction. Um so I've seen this happen over in the States. I don't know if we do this in the UK, but that seems like something that wouldn't really be possible because these bars are always very kind of tiny, kind of enclosed spaces. And obviously, if you're trying to kind of space people out, that, that can't really happen. So that might mean that the attraction's price overall needs to go up a little bit because they're not going to be able to sell these VIP passes. But I don't know if there's other extra experiences that you could offer instead, maybe. I'm not sure. Um, so I think that's definitely going to have an impact. I, I actually didn't know about these bars. I need to I need to research these. <laughs> ah, right, okay. So, so I, I only found out about this watching Tim Tracker uh, last year at Halloween. And there was an attraction, um, it was basically in a car park uh, behind the behind the hotel. That, I think it was the hotel that used to be, you know, the Nickelodeon hotel that they used to have in Orlando. I think it was in that car park. And basically, it was like this kind of pirate uh, horror-themed attraction. And he got given this kind of golden token. And he had to kind of spend this token to get into this, this bar. Um, and, and you had to kind of climb into it and then the way you had to get out of it was down like a slide or something and it was basically just hidden in the middle of the maze so I think what the I think the actors knew 
who had the coins or if you kind of flashed it they'd go ah go be going that way or something like that you know so they're kind of pointing in the right direction but <laughs> re- really interesting unique concept I'd, I'd love to go in a bar in the middle of a scare attraction because i'm a massive fan of bars at the end of scare, scare attractions so for example at passage in uh, is it is it pronounced passage that's how i always pronounce passage it. del terror passage del terror yeah passage Passage. Passage sounds French, doesn't it? Yeah, I, I call it Passage. Um, but at the end of that attraction, they have the horror bar um, in, in Blackpool Pleasure Beach underneath uh, there, and you can sit in the bar and you can watch people kind of coming out. Um, and they've added one to the dungeons in Blackpool as well, but it has kind of... It, the People aren't running into it. People are just kind of walking out going, oh, okay, and, and they've bought, like, you know, photos and stuff. So... There you go, Brett. So I've given you something to think about there. Yeah, I, I'm gonna have to start building a bar for for my next scare attraction. Well, I do yeah, remember. Well, if, <laughs> if you do, I, I need a token for it. So remember that. Oh, of course, yeah, and that and a, and a pirate with a terrible accent to let you in. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Actually, uh, Ryan, could we just could you just redo your pirate accent for us, please? Yeah, I would like to hear that. Just I'll make notes. Uh, okay. Uh, Arr, be going that way. <laughs> That was great. Uh, just one more time for us, please, one. <laughs> is this going to be your text tone? Is that what? Yeah. That's it. Literally, I'm recording it as we speak. Ah, yeah. <laughs> be going that way. Or it Quite seems you'll be getting a text. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, something like that. Yeah. So that there you great. go. So, so yeah. So these kind of VIP. So do you do you do any kind of VIP? Um, you know, up, upgrades or anything like that in the UK. I've never seen it, but you know, there generally are. Um, the the kind of they seem to be limited to different kinds of experiences. Um, you'll probably have seen this at, at the likes of Alton Towers. Uh, I think Thought Park might have delved into them a little bit, um, but certainly at the independent attractions, you can get kind of extreme versions. Um, it's something we've done quite a lot of. Um, beforehand uh, i had a hand in designing uh Krat survival experience which is now like a worldwide um extreme horror event um which is which is crazy i would never never do it even though i i had a hand in designing it but um stuff like that the more extreme stuff where there's real physical contact just won't happen this year um it's something that that the Alton Towers, the likes of subspecies, for instance, is a little bit hands-on now. Um, even the attic and other things are now allowing actors to touch guests and things. Um, that won't happen anymore, I don't think. Not this year, anyway. Yeah, because it was always... Um, you know, a lot of attractions, it's always the rule of thumb. They always say to the guests, don't they? You know, they won't touch you, you don't touch them. Uh, but when they start touching you, it kind of starts to blur the lines a little bit. But I suppose... As long as people know what they're getting into, um, then hopefully they're not going to react. Um, were you telling me, Sam, that did you have an incident where someone like tried to attack you in a in a scare maze or something? Yeah, yeah. So I was um, I was a scare actor way back in 2013, I think, in the Halloween season of that. I was working at Chessington um, as a, as a scare actor in one of the mazes there. It was called Haunting the Hollows. Um, and it was a great, great attraction. I think it actually, that year, maybe this is a bit biased, but that year it actually did do better than a couple of Thought Park mazes. I just want to say that. <laughs> I uh, actually heard great things about Chessington Scare Attractions. 
Um, so so I, I didn't know you were part of those. So uh, I think the likes of Creepy Caves and stuff like that have won awards and stuff over the last few years. Creepy Caves is fantastic, honestly. Like, that was genuinely terrifying. So that was it was amazing. Anyway, go back to my story. So, yes, uh, 2013, picture this. You know, I was there, fully doled up. I was a 18-year-old dude in my vampire costume, my first sort of big gig outside of school. Gosh, I was excited. I was like... Here's my keys, here's my car, seeing later mum, seeing later dad, and what's Chessington's to become a world famous actor. Here we go, all right. Anyway, so I sort of, <laughs> we did all the training, they explained about the e-stop and how that all worked. And you know, for the first few weeks of the run, it had gone great. And then it got sort of within the heavy half term week and people just kept on coming in and in and the attraction opened at 12 and you had all these excited teenagers that would, all the kind of preteens that would sort of come just when it wasn't quite dark enough to get that scary but it was also sort of dark enough to create a bit of an atmosphere you know so it was light enough so they were safe but not dark enough if that makes sense so they would always come through and they were always usually the 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 ones to watch out for anyway so of course i I was in the strobe tunnel at the end and uh and i popped out and did my did my little pop scare um and i totally understand if if, if, if you go into a scare maze and you, uh, somehow you haven't read the 10,000 signs that are spotted around or that are on your entry ticket or whatever that say, you know, you're entering a frightening thing, um, then, then, then fair enough. But you know what? The chances are that you probably haven't read that are uh, a very slim or at least being exposed to that so people go in there knowing that they're going to be scared so i did this pop scare got this kid really good and he he jumped went ah like jumped then stopped then looked at me registered i was there and then proceeded to um to basically essentially whack me uh in the face which was wonderful so um <laughs> so of course I, you know, slam the East up and, and all the team there are absolutely fantastic. The entertainment team at Chessington are, are, are some of the hardest working people in the industry. And they were so great. And uh, and everyone, you know, was there to support. And of course, we, we dealt with the situation the way, the way it, you know, dealt with. But it does happen. And people forget that, you know, amongst the, 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 the escapism and the awesome sets and the theming and the actors and the music and, and all of it, there are people behind real people that are behind all this with real feelings and real skin that can bruise quite painfully so, so tell me how do you how do we stop uh, an attraction like that how does that work what's the procedure oh at the time um, we had a big a, a big red button that if you slammed it there were certain big red buttons around that we each were made aware uh, through our kind of health and safety training where our buttons were and then you just sort of um just slam the button and then all the all the kind of the lights come on and uh, uh, this very stern, uh, quite bland announcement comes on being like, you know, ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, unfortunately, due to seen unforeseen circumstances, the attraction has had to temporarily stop. You know, that kind of thing. That's going to be my ringtone now. I think <laughs> the, <laughs> uh, yeah, the, the way e-stops kind of work are generally differ from different attractions. Uh, the likes of the big theme parks and stuff have, you know, big kind of big red buttons, similar to how you would a coaster, really. Um, some of the smaller parks um, and other independent attractions that can't afford these huge, uh, expensive systems that run everything off, off your phone, 
um, and stuff like that. They actually, what we would do generally if we don't have that equipment handy is that we would have every actor have a trained procedure um, on how to kind of pass the message on, make sure everyone's kind of getting out of the attraction where it's appropriate and stuff like that. Everyone knows where the fire alarms and stuff like that are. Um, so that's kind of how it would work if you don't, for instance, have an e-stop button. Um, as for, for, for getting hit in a scare attraction, um, I mean, I've hit pro- I've probably been hit a fair few times, really. Um, but it's generally because I don't listen to my own rules. Um, when I do actor training, uh, scare actor training and stuff like that, we do uh, an exercise called the... Um, uh, I'm trying to think of a word that, that, that replaces the swear word that we would have put in. Uh, the idiot exercise, uh, where we actually all line up and we all individually essentially try and uh, put off this the actor by you know shouting at them, insulting them, doing all these horrible things that actually people do. And these things do happen on a, a nightly basis in a scare attraction. It's very rare, few and far between, but you do need to know what to do when, when things like this happen and when to break character and when to kind of, you know, approach someone out of character to say, look, that's wrong. You need to follow me out of the attraction. Um, and I do recall uh, back a good few years ago now that one of our actors uh, was doing this exercise and he was so bad at reading signs of um when to stop, you know, when to, to stop approaching someone that's being aggressive, that I, I said to one of the guys, I was like, you know what, if he doesn't stop, the next time he tries it, give him a bit of a slap. And it, it actually got to the point where he didn't stop, when he just went, and, and he he learned. But the thing is, is, is it does happen, and it, um, it, I don't think there's any specific way of, of completely getting rid of full contact in an attraction, but uh, there's definitely ways that actors can can make sure that that everyone's keeping distant um, and and making sure that they're keeping themselves safe as well from from people potentially going through. Yeah, definitely. Okay, well, before we start to uh, wrap up, we've got a couple of uh, questions I thought we'd go through. Uh, the first one relates to the parks reopening. This is by Chris Long on the Theme Park Loopy page. He said, Theme parks are making it mandatory that you have to wear a mask on rides. How safe do you think they are? And thoughts of if they might fall off during the ride. And that's quite interesting because they always say don't wear loose articles and things like that potentially there's going to be an awful lot of masks falling off or do we think that isn't going to be a problem what do you guys think i think personally yeah masks could potentially get in the way i think really riding it uh, using them sorry on roller coasters should really come down to a personal preference um i think you know if, if you're staggered in the, in the trains or you're with your associated household in the trains or, or whatever procedure you know then technically you're out in the open air i don't think it should be mandatory while you're flying around at 50 miles an hour going around a roller coaster track as long as you're socially distanced on the actual train itself personally that you should wear a mask if you if you choose to wear one then i feel like you should be allowed to at your own risk of if you lose it or it falls off i think that's the only way but I think as long as you're social distancing on the train, um, that would be my my view. But I, I'm no doctor, so I don't know. I do think that 
the, I understand the purpose of the masks kind of scenario, especially, you know, if you're screaming on a ride, um, there is far more potential of you, um, you know, spreading something or whatever you, you have from the people behind you in the train, even if they are a couple of carriages back, for instance. Um, I think this question spawned out of that recent news, um, the news of the icon running you know uh, there was some woman screaming on icon at blackpool pleasure beach yeah um and her, she kept constantly playing with her mask throughout the ride and i think that's where this questions uh, kind of came from and i do understand the purpose of masks i don't know how many of them are going to fall off your head um i wear glasses um so i the masks fog up my glasses instantly anyway if i was to wear them but i don't wear my glasses on a ride so i don't I don't personally have an issue with wearing any masks on rides. Yeah, so what we've been... Uh, Shelley's been making some masks because uh, she she makes sort of various things. We've found that the masks where you have to put the strap behind your ears are not very secure at all, and also they can kind of gather over your mouth and they can kind of make it difficult to breathe. But we found if you make the ones which, you know, look like... Um, you know, uh, Mutant Ninja Ninja Turtles, you know, the uh, Shredder, and you get those masks that look a bit like Shredder. Have you seen those? Um, I don't know if you've seen <laughs> I have not seen, seen them, no. <laughs> yeah, so they, so they look like Shredder. Um, and, but if you kind of attach two, two uh, so, well, attach strings to them on either side, and then you kind of have one that goes over your ear and then tie it behind your neck, and then one that goes below you and then tie it. They can be really, really secure. Um, we've ordered two face masks from Pleasure Beach. I've got a Mr. Funshine one and I've got uh, an Icon one. Um, by the looks of it, those are ones that just kind of go behind your ear. And from what people are saying, they're quite loose. Uh, so I think we're going to kind of alter ours to make them like that. So what I would suggest is if people uh, are going out to the parks and wearing face masks, either A... Try and get a face mask which you can tie behind your back. Or what you can do is you can get these kind of ear saver uh, straps and you can kind of attach them behind behind your neck. Because otherwise, um, I can't see these ones that go behind your ear. Depend. I mean, I have my ears, I don't know, my ears are kind of average size, but I can't hold them on on my ears. They just fall off. So, so I think a lot of people are going to be like that. So I would recommend trying to get those types of masks if you can. I have just uh, designed for a, a company that, that uh, they're kind of releasing all of their website and stuff this week. Um, a load of uh, roller coaster related uh, bands that, that kind of hook on around the back of your head and it kind of protects your ears and stuff from from getting kind of the burns and all the marks on them. Um, and there's a couple of like different designs based on Alton Towers rides and a couple of Blackpool ones, things like that. And and I do wonder if eventually we'll actually start seeing uh, even theme parks doing their own official merch of stuff like that. Well, yeah. Well, Pleasure Beach are doing the official masks out there, um, but I haven't seen them do ear savers yet. Alton Towers have not seen do anything branded, but they have said that they have actually said you can buy them at the park. But I don't know what that means. I don't know if they're going to have branded ones or they're going to have just like normal medical ones. But um, Tim I Park, have I have heard they're looking into doing branded masks. Right. I think it'd make sense if they did.
But I know um, Tim Tracker tried a number of them on Mako, and those surgical ones just completely fall off. Um, and I think he was wearing a snood. A, a few people have said, oh, can I wear a snood? Um, and a few people say, no, that would probably be okay, but I, I'm not I'm not sure. So I guess it will depend on the park to decide whether it would be a snood would be okay or whether it has to be a face mask or not. Um, the next question, um, Tom Poynton, who uh, has the, the Cork Brew podcast, so a big shout out to the Cork Brew podcast, They've said that the pair of them have written off Halloween, not really expecting anything like we're used to. If the dungeons is an opening, how can the scare maze? So, you know, that's a good question. If the dungeons, what's the difference between the dungeons and the scare maze? Uh, the dungeons have a lot more interactivity than uh, a lot of other attractions. Um, Although I, I'm sure I have heard that the dungeons are potentially looking to open. I know the Amsterdam dungeon has already opened um, with specific, you know, certain scenes I know that are, are in smaller spaces. Um, they are now surpassing those scenes. And any place where there's a lot of interaction and close uh, contact, they kind of, they've wiped that out as well. Um, so no scare attraction, whether it be a dungeon style theatrical event or whether it's going to be just a, a general boo scare attraction, uh, none of them are going to be what we expect at all, I don't think. We'll all notice some differences. Yeah, and, and like we, say, we were saying on the, on the live stream, it may be that we're going to see big differences and it might be that some attractions might have to charge a little bit more if they've got to pay for you know extra things or because they've got to absorb that cost due to the lower capacity but i guess all that's yet to be seen um i think the government have announced some sort of one meter plus um sort of guidance at the moment so i don't know what that means at the moment for scare attractions but i guess we'll find out Okay, so we'll just sort of start to wrap up then. So um, have you guys got any final thoughts in terms of the parks reopening or about Halloween that you want to talk about before we wrap up? I just wanted to say just a quick shout out to staying hopeful. I think, you know, a, a month ago we were we were talking about this and it was almost we didn't know what was going to go going to be happening and there was a lot of doom and gloom and actually we've come out the other side of it and here we are fourth of july and things are looking up for the um leisure and theme park and attraction entertainment industry um across the uk so i think hang in there don't be so quick to um you know for the keyboard warriors out there please don't be so quick to sort of sort of put your wrath of hate and and and, and sort of um dismissal to everything because i think truthfully we can get through this and we will come out the other side and we should just keep the industry hopeful and keep everyone's spirits alive i think there's you know and staying positive as as, as we can yeah i 100 percent agree with that i think that um only two weeks ago we were discussing whether theme parks would open at all this year um, and now we're looking at theme parks being open. We are discussing whether Halloween is going to happen. I do think personally that the majority of attractions will happen. There will be distancing. They will be different. They might not be the greatest attractions in the world at the minute. Um, but I do think it will happen. And I can't wait. Yeah. And um, I've been, 
we haven't decided yet if we're going to go to a park straight away. I think because... Um, because, I mean, I I was um, I was really unwell uh, for the first two months of the year. And I kind of don't, you know, I'm, I'm kind of a little bit nervous about, you know, falling ill again. Um, I really don't want that to happen. So I think I might kind of see how it starts to pan out. Let all the niggles, you know, get ironed out. But I don't want to put anyone else uh, off going to a park. I think we probably are, we are definitely going to go to a park probably middle of July. Uh, because that's going to be Sam's northern tour uh, in the northern Seoul <laughs> town. <laughs> so we definitely so we'll 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 announce that once we know um, exactly what that itinerary is going to be. But um, yeah, I just want everyone to get out there, have a good time, stay safe, um, you know, and just um, you know support your local park. I think I I actually can't wait. I'm 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 going to be going guns a blazing on opening weekend. Um, I don't know if that's perhaps naive of me but I, I actually can't wait you know as soon as it was announced today I got online and I booked my tickets I'm going to be at Chessington on Saturday the 4th to um, cover all the opening shenanigans there and how they how they operate because that's one place I haven't really heard or seen much from um, I mean there was, there was not been that much coverage at least on my social media feed about um, sort of Chessington so I'm going to be heading there that's a fairly local park to me um, and then on Sunday, I'm going to be going to Alton Towers on on the fifth, which I absolutely, I just can't, I cannot wait for. Oh my goodness! Brilliant. And uh, will you be sharing all that on the theme park loopy page, perhaps? I uh, yeah, I can absolutely share some of it. And actually, full credit to Brett here. After what you were saying, Brett, about your attraction being inside a a horror attraction inside a inside a uh, a mine a mine shaft or something in wales that sounds i'm gonna i tell you what fingers crossed for you that your attraction opens terra mountain in wales because you better believe i'm gonna be there first thing ready to jump down that mine well you're definitely welcome to come um and i'll be waiting for you hopefully yeah yeah <laughs> it definitely if it's if it's going ahead we'd definitely be interested in going as well so let us know what's happening with that there we go um, am i am i hearing a joint joint trip yes please we gotta do it just <laughs> brett don't be waiting there with a with a chainsaw and a clown mask because honestly I, I swear down i will absolutely run for the hills i can't make any promises on that one i'm afraid <laughs> <laughs> Oh, I, I hate clowns. <laughs> I really do. Um, right, okay. So, I, I, I don't know what, sorry, on. I don't know what it is about it, but it's clowns. And then it's also, Brett, I don't know if you've ever heard of this before, if it's just me as a weird weird 25-year-old man. I get absolutely terrified with um, jack-in-the-boxes. They scare me so much. And I can just imagine nothing worse than either a massive jack-in-the-box or like a clown who's just like in the corner of a maze with a small jack-in-the-box that is just going like boom like lights off and then he's like there in front of your face oh my lord in a jack-in-the-box basically a clown is that the same thing it's this it's the thing that i can't stand is you're winding you're waiting for it to pop and then it pops oh my gosh they are generally clowns aren't they in jack-in-the-box um there is an attraction at Terra Mountain that, that may or may not do about 80% of everything you just said. Oh, I won't tell my. you which one, though. <laughs> oh, my goodness. Uh. Do, you, 
Do you know what? Do you know what, Brett? Uh, it'd be good if we could do like uh, have a, like a scare cam or do like uh, put a lavalier mic on on uh, Sam and do like a, a kind of live kind of podcasting because uh, that'd be really interesting. <laughs> trying to get those initial reactions. Uh, Ryan, we can work something out, can't we? Surely. Yeah. Yeah, Ryan, we need serious, serious talks. I did not absolutely did not sign the waiver for this. Uh... <laughs> it doesn't sound like you have a choice. <laughs> no, I don't, I don't think you have a choice. <laughs> oh no! Oh my gosh! Yeah, we'll we'll we'll, we'll see. We'll 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 talk about it. Let's let's do some negotiations on that. Yeah, serious negotiations. Uh, yeah, absolutely. <laughs> I'll buy. I'll buy you. John, I'll tell you what. Uh, there's a place um, in sort of mid Wales where they sell gin and they sell really really nice uh, Welsh rabbits. And I'll, I'll take you for a Welsh rabbit if you like. So and and the gin and the gin. I think is going to be needed at that point. I'm trying to think what what uh, what what make is it? Is it Upper Falls by any chance? No, it's um, is it not? Is it called? Uh, it's from Diff- Diffie Valley. Is it called? Oh, okay. I've not heard that one. I don't know. How it's pronounced. It's probably not pronounced okay. Diff- Diffie, uh, but it's a very very small um, distillery. Uh, the it's it's actually somewhere I probably should go and do like a bit of a vlog there because they've got like a bit of a weird attraction. They have like an underground. Um, King Arthur Excalibur kind of attraction. Yeah, King Arthur's Labyrinth, it's called. Yeah, that's yeah, it, yeah. yeah. A what? A King Arthur Underground Labyrinth? Was yeah, that a it, maze? It makes no sense. <laughs> it's a, kind of an underwater boat ride. It's like a cave boat ride, and then a it's a maze. kind of you walk. You walk through uh, these big caverns, you know, where different stories happen and, and stuff like that. It's uh, it's very cool and, and has like a massive uh, tidal wave water effect at one point. It's, it's, it's a very cool attraction, actually. Hang on, hang on. It's a cave underground <laughs> boat ride maze. What? I don't know what you yeah, guys are doing with whales, but... Yeah, it's... yeah it, doesn't, it doesn't last very long, I don't think. I think it's it was about 45 minutes, something like that. I don't know. I think we've lost. Uh, have we lost Sam again? Tell you what. He's back now. I'm back. Hey. I think. I think I was so shocked by the cave <laughs> underground boat maze, all based around the one known as King Arthur, that my Wi-Fi decided to cut out. So that was fun. But oh, well, that's fine. It, it'll add. Yeah. So you know. So there's opportunities. I think in in Wales. You know. Also. Um, it's probably not open actually in winter, but if you go to Landunna, they have a toboggan there as well, uh, and you can toboggan down the Great Orm. Well, like um, an alpine coaster. It's not like an alpine; it's like an old toboggan. So it's like you know, like a concrete kind of half pipe, uh, and you kind of go down in like a little sort of car. Right. So uh, so far in Wales, we've got an underground boat ride maze. We've got an old toboggan ride, and then we've got Brett making clowns scare in the boxes mazes in dark forests and underground caves. I tell you what, <laughs> we got to go to Wales. Wales is where it's at. Yeah. Do you know? Do you know what? There's also there's also in Wales. Uh, top fact is the apparently the world's only people powered roller coaster. Well. Yeah, the the dragon roller coaster in uh, is it called the Green Dragon in. Uh, is it, what's it called? Is it called Greenland, the park? Yeah, something like that. Yeah, um, I can't remember. That's a really interesting roller coaster. If anyone uh, wants to look that up, it's it's unbelievable. You stand in the station, and then the station moves down down a hillside uh, while it pulls the train up 
a kind of a it's like a basically a, a static piece of track that then moves and you're the counterweight to bring it back to the top of the track um and then you walk across the track you walk up the side of the uh, uh up the hill again uh, and then get on the train and then the next people uh go around and it just it just it's completely uh people powered it's it's actually really fun as well <laughs> yeah what? so it's like a it's like a tipping weighing scale but does it does it just kind of move does it go sort of through sort of how many i mean are we talking airtime hills here or is it sort of like just down one kind of it's it's kind of a uh i'd probably describe it similar to kind of a a small vacoma mine train style it's it's very kiddie coaster in that in that respect but oh it sounds amazing i mean people powered cut cut you must be out of breath by that point yeah, I feel like um, there's also an al- there is an alpine coaster in that kind of area as well. Um, yeah, in uh, Zip World they have one now. Yes, that's it. Yeah, yeah. They also have is it um, is it Europe's fastest zip wire? Velocity? I think it's I think it's the world's longest. Is it or the fastest or something like that? Um, but yeah, that's that's right at the top of a quarry. Um, and that's pretty incredible. It's a good couple of hundred feet off the ground as well when you go over the edge of the quarry. I mean, this settles it. I've got to make a trip down to Wales. I think, I think Ryan, that's going to be on our on our hit list for coming up soon. I mean, there's yeah. there's so many so many interesting interesting things. God, I feel like I'm going to offend everyone in Wales, but like, I'm sorry to sound like such a English person or like from so down south, but I really didn't think there was. I mean, I heard of Oakwood, but. I mean, this is crazy. It's all, it's all going on in Wales. It's it is going on in Wales. Tell you what. <laughs> How exciting. You know, there's, there's no better place to go than when it when it's sunny and it's nice and warm. There's no better place to go than North Wales because you go like uh, Conway Bay um, and um, you know Landudno and all those kind of areas, uh, Carmarthen. Um, beautiful places to go when it's you know really sunny. You've been to Wales quite a lot then, Ryan. I mean, you seem to know the sort of whole map off by heart. Yeah, well, we have family in North Wales and we have family in South Wales, so we've kind of traversed Wales traversed. quite a lot. What a word. Tra- we have traversed. We <laughs> yeah. have traversed. We have traversed the Wales countryside. Yeah, um, so we've definitely done that. So there's loads of stuff to do in Wales. It's great. Um, plenty of castles, uh, if you like your castles. Yeah, we love a castle, don't we? We love a castle. There's a, another amazing thing I did. It's it's owned by Zipworld, uh, but it's an under. It's like all through caverns and caves, and you basically are just free to go around. Uh, and there's zip wires. There's kind of rock climbing and all these things. And it's similar to like you know if you go on a a high ropes course, you have to just attach yourself to the rope as you go around. Uh, it's one of those, and it's a good hour long, climbing through caves and all these incredible things and right at the end you have to but you have the option to to basically jump for your life to a hanging rope and all these things it's, yeah. it's actually pretty incredible shelly's shelly's done that um and she was saying they have all these kind of colorful lights in there yeah in in the cave so it looks amazing but even though the cavern it, it potentially isn't that deep all you see is blackness so, mm-hmm. so you kind of zip in from platform to platform, but it, you're just literally looking at there's just nothing beneath you. Yeah. So that sounds like awesome. 
Yeah, they, they also are have. Cool. Don't they also have an underground? Let me think. They have an underground kind of um, bouncy castle. Oh, thing, don't yeah, they? it's it's called Bounce Below. Um, yeah. and it's it's essentially a giant uh, net that are all elasticated, um, and and it's it's like a giant hanging playground um, in this in this huge cavern. It, it's it's surreal. Like I've not actually done that. I've seen it um, while I was passing it to do these these cavern tour so things. But bounce below sounds like a sweaty nightclub in Reading. Does. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, on that bombshell. But seriously though, Sam, if um, if we go to Wales, if it's around Halloween though, um, what I'd probably do is I'd probably take you up. We'll go up the Great Orm in the tram, and at the top there's a bar. Which sells mulled wine. They have a mulled wine machine. So Ooh, if you're lovely. into mulled wine, oh, we're doing like mulled then... wine, yeah. <laughs> yeah. So we could have a cheeky mulled wine at the top of the grill. Oh, Home. how sophisticated! Uh... Oh, lovely, <laughs> cheeky mulled wine at the top of a cable car in Wales. Sounds marvelous. <laughs> it's brilliant. What a I date! Sounds perfect. Can't wait. <laughs> yeah, definitely. I'm just, I'm right. just third wheeling at this point, aren't I? Yeah, I think. Oh, Brett, Brett, you're you're going to be along for the ride. I tell you what, you're going to be there, ready and waiting for us with your blooming clown costume and chainsaws and an army of jack in the boxes by the sounds of it. Crikey. I mean, clowns, scare attractions, mulled wine, and gin in a cave. I'm there. That sounds sounds perfect. That sounds like a standard (laughs) Friday night in Wales, isn't it? Yeah, by the sounds of this conversation, yeah, that's all we do. Yeah, definitely, definitely. Right, okay, so, uh, Sam, do you want to just remind the listeners a little bit about you and where they can find you, where they can find your blog and things like that? Yeah, sure, absolutely. So you can keep up to date with everything that I'm doing and all that I'm posting about on Coaster Sam blog. That's at Coaster Sam blog on Instagram. Uh, There you can also find on the top of the page the link for the main blog website where we post everything from coaster reviews and uh, opinion pieces and polls and all of that fun stuff. Um, so you can keep up to date with everything that's going on there on Instagram and on the blog itself. And also I post to sort of coaster enthusiast pages and on um, as a part of Theme Park Loopy as well. Brilliant. Thank you. And uh, Brett, do you want to tell us a bit about uh, what you're doing at the moment and how people can find you? Yeah, sure. I, um, so my, my scare attraction design company is called Fear and Sons Immersive Horror Consulting. Um, you can find that on Instagram at Fear Sons uh, and then on Facebook, things like that. Uh, currently working at uh, Terra Mountain, which is at the Silver Mountain Experience. They've just uh, announced that they'll be opening on the 18th of July. Uh, so fingers crossed we'll have Terra Mountain there over Halloween. Um, and if you want to follow me on Instagram to see any of my graphic design stuff, uh, my Instagram is brettjones 92 yeah, and um, I've seen that you're currently doing you're doing some posters at the moment as well um, that you've been selling. You've been doing some different designs, aren't you? That you've been working on. You did one of um, you've been working on Space Mountain, aren't you? And uh, what was this one that you did? You did uh, oh the Hollywood uh, Tower of Terror. Yeah, I've I've currently just started uh, trying to get some a lot more detailed graphic design stuff out there. Um, I've just been putting it up on um it's called uh 
3D roller coasters or something along those lines, 3D printed roller coasters, I think, is the actual website. Um, but they're selling all my designs and stuff on T-shirts and posters. So I'm slowly getting stuff out. I'm currently working on uh, an incredibly detailed Nemesis poster, um, which just before we started this podcast was crashing my computer. So, um. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. And um, I, I managed, I don't know if you know this, Sam, but I, uh, I convinced Brett to do some uh, Warriors uh, T-shirt print designs as well. So people were going crazy for them but um i don't think you're able to get out the t-shirts at the moment are you but um i think you've been been working on so many different types of designs it's been uh, it's been crazy recently i think yeah we've uh we i try to uh it's been a bit of a, a a bad kind of time really um to do any kind of t-shirt printing and stuff the the guy who was printing my t-shirts is uh had a baby and his printer broke and all these different things happened at the same time. So at the minute he's, he's far more concerned about his newborn than he is printing my t-shirts, which is completely fair enough. <laughs> um, so uh, we'll uh, see, hopefully uh, in the not so distant future, I can have that up and running again. Yeah. So maybe later in the year we can, we can perch that merch. Perch that merch. Perch that merch. Perch that merch. What do you say? Perch that merch. Say it again. No, thank perch you. Twice is enough. <laughs> yeah, I mean, we don't we don't have any merch to perch, so there we go. Oh, there we go. And do you know what, Ryan? You haven't yet said it, and I'm very disappointed. Oh right, okay. Uh, theme park loopy, and that's the way it is. What? And that's the way it is. <laughs> You can't is be that serious. Some, have, I said, have I said the wrong phrase? Is that some kind of tagline? And that's what it's all about. Oh, yeah. Are you yeah. joking? <laughs> I set you up. Don't ever... Do you know oh, what? Oh, man. I can't remember. I can't, I say so many different things. Oh. I can't keep track of it. Did you mess up your own catchphrase? <laughs> Apparently. Yeah, he forgot oh, okay. his own catchphrase. That's it. <laughs> yeah. Theme park loopy. <laughs> In fact, no, I've completely forgotten. <laughs> we can edit this out and make it sound like you actually know what you're talking about. <laughs> yeah, we, yeah, we could, we could, we could do that. Couldn't we? Theme park yeah. loopy, and that's how to peel a potato. I mean, you might as well say anything. But... Yeah, yeah. So maybe, so maybe if I have, if I have some uh, merch to perch. I don't even future, try maybe. to perch the merch thing. I mean, before you know it, you'll be burning like, you know, theme park loopy. You know, smirch the merch. Merch the merch, <laughs> you know, sign about merchandise, right? What are we doing that thing? Will we say sign about merchandise? Perch the merch. Gosh, come on. <laughs> yeah. So yeah. So it's right. Okay. So yeah. It's not. Um, it's not. That's the way it is, is it? It's, it's definitely not. That's the way it is. <laughs> Clearly, it isn't the way it is. It's and that's what it's all about. All right. So, all right. So so theme park loopy. That's what it's all about. There we go. Struth. <laughs> Honestly, you try and create a brand well, these days and people. Well, it's hard to listen to, actually. Uh, <laughs> I'm sweating well, here. I'm sweating over this. Well, and, yeah, but Sam, until you get me that T-shirt that says it on it. Well, I'm then you still probably wouldn't forget it because it'll be on your back. He'll try and look at it in the mirror and read it backwards. 
Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you know what? I I have a funny I have a funny t- well it's not a funny story really but I have a t-shirt related story like that because when we when we went to Florida I was wearing um I bought like a load of Star Wars t-shirts because they were they were cheap and I like Star Wars so I thought why not and so I was walking around at Universal with my Star Wars t-shirt and this man came up to me and he's got he goes hey are you looking forward to February the twenty fourth and I'm like. Uh, <laughs> and he's like February the twenty fourth, like that. I think, and I was like, "What? I'd, what?" And he's like, "Star Wars." <laughs> and I was like, "All oh, right, okay, yeah, yeah, sure, whatever." <laughs> and I'd completely forgotten that I was wearing a Star Wars t shirt. And he was saying, "You know, I'm looking forward to. I can't remember what was coming out at the time, but one of the new." Uh, Star Wars films. So he, he were asking me about it, and I didn't even know. So he probably just thought. Look, this this idiot here with his with his T-shirt with Star Wars and he doesn't even know what he's talking about. So I, I, I have to say, you know, being out there, especially in the states, I don't know what it is about why a T-shirt or how a T-shirt defines you or how it creates this weird, awkward conversation with guests out there. But it does. I remember I um I wore a wore a Penn State T-shirt because I I have a, had a, had a, had a friend oh. who, who who went to Penn State and I just wore the blooming Penn State T-shirt out to you know like the parks and yeah I had somebody go hey you you got to Penn State no no I didn't go to Penn State so, so no 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 I'm clearly I'm British I, I didn't I really didn't get it oh, oh hey hey you got to Penn State no 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 I don't I really don't hey yeah yeah we are Penn State I yeah I, I don't know what that means sorry so I, I don't I'm not from Penn State yeah. That's, yeah, and and also I um, we we went when we went to Florida. We had some friends who who went as well at the same time, not with us, but they uh, they were there at the same time. And I saw somebody in the far distance wearing uh, a Bradford City top, and I thought there's someone with a Bradford City top. And I kind of chased them through uh, Universal Studios, and then when I finally caught up to them, it was just one of our friends who I knew anyway. <laughs> so I was like, oh. <laughs> Okay, I didn't know you had a Bradford City shirt. But but also what's quite confusing actually is I wore my Bradford City shirt, but you know um you know Harry Potter Gryffindor, it's the same colors pretty much as Bradford oh, City because no. it's claret and amber. So everyone kept coming up to me and going, "Oh, where did you get that t-shirt from?" And I'm like, so in the end I was like making stuff up like oh god, oh it's just in that shop there next to the butterbeer, just go down there and you'll find it there. And it's like go I thought, down I thought, I thought Yeah, down Nocturne. I thought it was pretty obviously a Brad uh, you know, a, a you know, a, a football shirt, but maybe they're not used to football shirts over there, I don't know. So That's really strange. I didn't realise how much uh, you have to think about what T shirt you're wearing in America. You have to. You can't, you can't get it wrong. Because I had a Guns N' Roses t-shirt as well. And people were like asking me obscure questions about Guns N' Roses. And, and I'm like, what? <laughs> what are you talking about? Because I think someone came up to me and went, he went, hey, it took 15 years, but we've got it now. And I'm like, what? What? <laughs> and he was talking about Chinese democracy, you know, the new the guns. Well, it's not new. It was like 2000 and six or something but i'm like what so you just get asked these obscure questions and and so if you if any if, if you're in america if you're getting asked obscure questions just glance at your t-shirt and then and it might give you a clue as to what this person is talking about that's that's so, good advice yeah so so there you go so that's my uh, top <laughs> tip of the day so there you go 
Right, brilliant. Okay, so we're 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 well run over now. So let's uh, so let's wrap up then. So thanks for joining us, guys. It's been a really good conversation. I think we need to pick this up again, probably closer to Halloween. So are you up for talking about this again at some point? Matt? Yeah, definitely. Yeah, sure. Whenever you need me. Uh, thank you for having me on. Yeah, it's been really good. Brilliant. Thanks for that. And uh, again, thanks for coming on, Sam. I think you probably. I think this is your third episode in a row now. So it's, it's been it's been in. quite a few. Yeah. Well, we're still yeah. waiting for for Shanghai to come back. I thought that was supposed to happen. Well, yeah, but I'm still I'm still letting her have a bit of a rest until she comes back. But she will be back. What I'm planning to do is I've just bought another lavalier microphone, and my plan is that when we go to Pleasure Beach. Uh, in July or we go some other places I'm going to try and do like a live podcast so I've tried the I've tried it a little bit and I think it might work so I think that's what we're going to do because I've not got a proper studio set up here at the moment while we're in a temporary house at the moment until we finally get to move into our house that we're going to buy so at the moment we're a bit higgledy piggledy with studio space so until that happens it might it might be that we're going to do more podcasts on the road and things like that so i don't know let's see i like that theme park loopy on the road don't try and make on the road Stop suggesting taglines and catchphrases. You know he's not going to remember them. <laughs> yeah, I know it's pointless, isn't it? Yeah, I'm not yeah. going to remember them. Yeah, theme park loopy is the road. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> I don't know, I've messed it up already. So, so yeah, so that might happen. Theme so... park loopy is the road. What a time. <laughs> the road to disaster, by the sounds of it. Yeah, the, the road to nowhere. On the, yeah, theme park loopy on the road to nowhere. Hey, where are we? <laughs> We're definitely on the road to nowhere. Um, yeah, so that might happen. So I'm thinking maybe, Sam, uh, when when you come up on your no- northern road trip, we might give that a go. Um, something else I want to also do as well is that something that I see a lot in the States uh, that I want to try out is doing uh, live streaming on park. So maybe, you know, not long live streams like they do in the States, like people live stream all day. But I'm thinking like of doing maybe, you know, half an hour, something like that. Getting people on the live stream and kind of interacting with people live and going around the park. Um, The tricky thing is at Disney and places like that, you can kind of take the live stream on the rides with you a lot of the time. But can't really do that over here so it might i don't know how that's going to work so it might be that we just walk around the park maybe i can go on a ride and shelly can film me or maybe sam you go on a ride and i'll film you on a ride or something i don't know so that's just kind of an idea that i've got to do that i want to kind of bring that into the uk because that's not something that happens at the moment over here so i don't know whether you think that's a stupid idea or not but no no i I think that's a great idea i think why not yeah i mean who doesn't love watching live live footage from from theme parks it's amazing and with a bit of luck if you're recording sam we might get to see some of his dancing don't yeah. you dare. Look, Brett, I've already signed up to enough as it is. Don't put the dance in there. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I mean yeah, I mean Sam's already got in his weekly checks of, of zero, so you know, let's not push it too much. So. <laughs> My weekly checks of zero. <laughs> yeah, you're getting are you not getting those checks with zero on them? I'm I'm just kind of 
I'm I'm writing them to you. But oh, your check. Yeah, didn't you say that those checks were supposed to be here by now? Take yeah, I've also dated them for 2057. So oh, perfect, perfect. Right around my retirement. That sounds great. Yeah, well, exactly. So that's that's what I'm doing. I'm I'm I'm, I'm putting it away for your retirement. That's what. Yeah, we're doing. yeah, yeah. I see. Cool. Okay. Right. So, uh, if you're not on our Facebook page, you can find us at Theme Park Loopy. Uh, we also have a YouTube channel, which we've not got a great. We have got some stuff on there at the moment, but we want to do more on that. We do uh, Loopy Live live streams every now and then. We've not got into kind of a rhythm with that, but we're trying to do them sort of every month to every six weeks, something like that. We're probably going to do another one at sort of the end of July, something like that. You can also find us on Instagram or on Twitter, at Theme Park Loopy as well. If you want to ask any questions or you want to just email me, um, you can email me at themeparkloopy at gmail.com. And I can't think of anywhere else where Theme Park Loopy is. I don't know if you can think of anywhere, Sam, <laughs> if I've forgotten anything. It's, it's on the road, I think. It's on the road. You can find us on the road. <laughs> just just look at any road. We are the road. Um, the road to nowhere. Yeah. yeah. Theme, theme Park Loopy, the road to nowhere. Oh, That's, you remembered that one. That's good. Yeah. Yeah, I remembered that one. Um, but yeah, so thanks for listening, everyone. Um, it's been a really good one again. Um, make sure you click that either subscribe or follow button uh, because that really helps us. If you want to leave us a review, leave us a review. That would be fantastic as well. Uh, But in the meantime, thanks for listening. We really appreciate you listening. We really love uh, all of you and we love speaking to all of you. So thanks very much. So, yeah. So thanks for listening and we'll see you again real soon.